0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Zachariah Howard. Zach joined ICD Group in 2020 as VP of finance from a career within commodities industry. He was promoted to CFO slash COO in January of 2021, he began his career in audit with BDO Seidman, before joining Trafigura, an international commodities merchant. He has held roles with increasing responsibility in financial management at Trafigura, while based in London and Houston, looking after oil and metals commodities. Prior to joining ICD Group, he worked in the fuel division of Delta Airlines with responsibilities over finance and reporting for the fuel division, as well as hedging. An active CPA, Mr. Howard holds an MBA from the University of Houston and a BBA in accounting from Hardin-Simmons University. Mr. Howard leads the finance and operations functions of ICD Group. Zach, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Megan, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, today we'll be discussing your experience as a new CFO and some of the challenges you faced along the way. I think this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for some of our listeners to learn from your experience. So let's get started.
1: Awesome, let's do it.
0: First, let's spend a few minutes talking about your career progression and how you got to where you are today.
1: Certainly. Well, Megan, I earned a bachelor's degree in accounting. I went on after that to do an MBA with a specialization in oil and gas finance and accounting. While doing that, and then first starting my professional career, I earned my CPA while working full-time as an auditor at BDO Seedman. Wow. Uh, And then I had several accounting roles at Trafagora, a commodities merchant, before switching on to the structured trade finance team. And then I worked in an organizational design and systems role at Delta Airlines in the fuel management department before joining the hedging team there. And this whole set of experiences led me to ICD Group, where I work currently. I was hired to replace the retiring CFO and now hold the title of CFO and COO. And how long have you been in this role? Well, I joined ICD Group in January of 2020 and officially became the CFO on January 1st of 2021.
0: Okay, so you've lived through some interesting times for sure in that role.
1: Certainly have.
0: (laughs) So are there any particular stories that stand out in your mind as
1: turning points as you look back? Certainly. Two in particular that come to mind, and I I think both of them speak to and encourage risk-taking and career advocation. So the first one, as I mentioned, I was uh, in a controller role at Trafagora Probably 10 years or so into my career, still wanting to sort of find my way and and find my future career path. And I'd been working at the firm for a year, year and a half, and had the pleasure of working under a wonderful CFO who I thought the world of and was so smart and and well versed in our business. And a colleague uh, that was working on his team. Announced that it was taking a role with the firm, but in in a, in a different place in Geneva. And you know, I thought, wow, what a what a wonderful job and cool role that the the colleague that was taking the role in Geneva had. And it just so happened that the CFO and I lived in the same suburb of uh, of Houston where we were working, and maybe a, a couple of days after the announcement had been made that my colleague was transferring to our Geneva office, uh, I was working late and he was working late. And so I offered him a ride home because I'd driven in that day and he was most of the days was riding the bus. And so on the way home, we struck up a conversation about, you know, his team, the role. And, you know, I sort of Said to myself while on the way home that if I didn't ask about uh, the possibility of interviewing for that job, I'd regret it for a lifetime. So I got up my courage about three quarters of the way through the, uh, the drive home. It's about a 45 minute ride. And, you know, said, Hey, you know, what are you planning to do to replace, uh, you know, the colleague who's leaving? And he said, Well, you know, I haven't decided yet. Are you, are you interested? I said, 100%. They so said, how about uh, this level of salary and you start working for me on Monday? And wow. that, was, um, that was my introduction to structured trade finance. So a really very cool story that developed into a wonderful working relationship, mentor-mentee relationship over many years and still count him as a, as a great friend and, and a mentor to this day. So I think that was certainly turning point A and encouraged me to sort of Brought in my mind and you know, open myself up to new potential opportunities, even if it's scary to ask about them. And then the other one is this role. You know, I had been working at uh, Delta for some time. Loved the firm. This was 2019. Travel was still the peak levels of passenger uh, travel that we've seen in, in some time, and things are going very well. Great firm. Good job and felt that uh, you know, I really wanted to continue to progress myself uh, towards my eventual goal of being a CFO, where I received a phone call from a recruiter and really almost at the same time, a person at a bank that I had you know, had a relationship with for a very long time and both sort of talking to me about ICD group. And I knew that it wasn't a coincidence. It had to be uh, linked together. And so heard more about the role, more about the company and um, everything that I, that I heard about it, I loved. Uh, and every, every conversation that I had was um, so great. And, you know, the only challenge was that the, the role was in New York city and required a move. So went back, talked it over at home and, we decided, you know what, it's worth the opportunity uh, to, to move um, from Atlanta, where we were living, to New York for the role. And one thing led to another, I was offered the job and I took the job. And funny story uh, for me personally, the impacts of COVID on our business here in New York City have been such that we've transitioned to a hybrid model. So although I am based in New York, I still reside in Atlanta, Georgia, where I was before I took the jump. <laughs>
0: that's, that's great. And, uh, yeah, I love that you mentioned like taking risks because as accountants we're like so risk averse most of the time, but you don't put yourself out there and if you don't have the courage to ask for what you want, then, then yeah, the answer is almost always going to
1: be no. Absolutely. I, I could, I couldn't advocate for that more. I think that, uh, I'd like to say that it's smart risk-taking, but uh, putting yourself out there and and, and advocating for your career, I think, is a a very important skill set for young professionals of any stripe.
0: And How do you think the role of the CFO has evolved over, let's say, the last 10 years?
1: That's a good question, Megan. I would say uh, that, you know, I'm a new CFO. So for 9.5 of those years, I've been watching from the sideline. But I I don't think it's terribly insightful to say that technology, like most disciplines, has come to play an increasing role in in our practice. I think from the tools available to the CFO to the skill sets required for the CFO to perform his functions, all revolve more and more around technology. And I think require someone sitting in that chair to be well-versed in platforms and um, at least a working understanding, if not a mastery of the platforms and the underlying technology that uh, underpins those things.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed by technology and how much it's advanced in the last 20 years. Like I I think of when I started my career and it was like the first time I'd ever had an email address. And now I can't live without my my cell phone, my laptop. Technology has just uh, definitely changed the landscape of so many
1: professions. but uh. Certainly. And I may be dating myself here, Megan, but I was onboarding a new colleague and he was asking about our bring your own device policy, which we are very flexible on. I think it's great. And I was mentioning to him that um, my first job, I was handed a beeper. So uh, maybe dating myself there. I'm not even sure if uh, some of the folks out here, you can research that one, but uh, I was indeed handed a beeper when I at first took my first job.
0: Yeah, you can Google that one. So as a new CFO, what what have been some of the challenges that you've encountered so far?
1: Well, I'm very fortunate to have joined the company that I did when I did. ICD Group is a tremendously successful and stable history when it was founded 70 years ago as a bulk chemicals merchant to the current businesses, the current group of businesses in the niche commodity-focused sectors that we participate in, supporting aerospace research and technology applications. Secondly, I'd say that the performance has been historic this year. We have realized three out of our six months have been record-breaking months and breaking the previous record set, you know, a month, maybe two months ago. We're deeply liquid and we have a really nice position in our market uh, that we serve, in our markets that we serve, either first or second uh, provider supplier in the markets in which we participate. Additionally, I'm fortunate to be supported by a wonderful ownership group who've invested both in me personally and professionally, but also in ensuring that my onboarding as the future CFO would go well. And they did that by ensuring that there was a year handover between the former CFO and myself. Yeah,
0: that's uh, really and
1: nice. it's great because he still remains available to me today for any other questions that, that come up from time to time. So I'm really lucky. And I, I think that that perhaps is a unique situation, but I, I hope that it's something that becomes more prevalent because it does ensure success.
0: And as you look back on the last six months, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: You know, I think it's an ever-growing learning process. Nothing stands out specifically about the first six months of being the CFO. You know, I think that there's always things that uh, you learn and you grow, but no, there's not been anything kind of standing out its own where you say, "Ah, I wish I would have done that differently. But again, I'm uniquely lucky in the, uh, the setup of the business and uh, the ownership and leadership team that I work with.
0: Yeah, that turnover is so important. And yeah, for you to have had an entire year of a turnover is is really something.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it was slightly limited in um, person. Uh, we were supposed to be here for a year together in the New York office. And right. unfortunately, that meant that we were on Z- Zoom and Teams for the better part of a year. But... Uh, still a wonderful process to go through.
0: And you're still working remotely or have, have they started calling people back in?
1: Well, our uh, setup is a little bit unique in the sense that our businesses, our subsidiaries and our divisions that uh, exist and operate uh, as ICD group are essential businesses. So from pretty early on after the initial pandemic restrictions, those Groups have been in-person moving materials and keeping the uh, supply chains, which we support liquid with um, with material. So our New York office is a little differently. It was partially remote already with some of our colleagues being based in different places. So we've kept that going and have opened up a sort of hybrid model where people are in from time to time as it makes sense to, uh, for them to be here.
0: And flexibility is so
1: nice for for people uh, these days. Yeah, we like to think it gives us an ability to attract and retain talent as people are able to be flexible about uh, what, what they're doing outside of the office. And oh, certain wow. my New York and uh, greater tri-state area colleagues don't miss their daily commute into the city.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I've heard like crazy commute times of two hours plus, so I'm sure that that is the case.
1: Absolutely.
0: And what advice can you give to other finance and accounting professionals or maybe just young professionals in general who are hoping to move up the ranks and get to the top?
1: It's a good question. And I think that my advice would be threefold. One, I always encourage young professionals to find a mentor early in their career, someone that they know, they can trust, that they can rely on. Maybe it's somebody that you work for, or it's someone in the organization that you just admire, maybe has a similar background to yours, or perhaps it's somebody you know through your network elsewhere. Uh, But I always think that having somebody who's been down the road that you're trying to walk is a positive influence on your progression. I'd say secondly, we talked a little bit about this earlier, is to always advocate for yourself and your career and where you want to go. You're the captain of your ship, someone told me a long time ago, and I think that's so true. No one will be more invested in your own career, success, and trajectory than you personally. So I think you have to take control of that and try to direct yourself and point yourself where you want to go. And thirdly, I would say, and I did a terrible job of this when I was younger, so fully appreciate with the benefit experience, but uh, appreciate the early and middle stages of your career where you're at on your career progression, because when you get to the top role, all the easy problems and the uh, medium problems are dealt with, and you have the hard challenges. And I think that having been through those on a team or maybe working with somebody who was facing some of the similar challenges that you have and having the experience of looking back on how certain things were addressed in the past, even positively or negatively, both are instructive, when I was young and didn't have as much gray hair, I was always told that you know you will never be a CFO until you have gray hair and I was in a rush to get to uh, you know a position of leadership and I, that always used to bother me but now that I sit in that chair, I really th- am very thankful for the people and the experiences in my career that led me to the place I'm at now
0: I think that's great advice. I think so many people are always in a rush to get to, like, we always want to get to what's next. Um, so it's nice to sometimes enjoy where you're at right, right now. So that's great advice. Absolutely.
1: It's, Not, it's wonderful that. to learn while you have the ability to get it wrong and have someone else looking over your shoulder to help you get it correct or get yeah, it more correct.
0: Definitely. And I've had so many guests who have spoken about the importance of mentoring or or having a mentor. So definitely can't say enough about, about that. I think it's very important as well. So I'm sure that taking over the top role can't be easy. And it's always nice when you're starting something out to have some quick wins. So For the benefit of other new CFOs out there, what were some of the low-hanging fruit you went after when you started in this role?
1: It's a good question. And what I'd say to that is I think each new CFO or or really any professional and sort of a medium or senior job has to sort of look out in front of them and and see what's there. As I mentioned, I was very fortunate to uh, come into a great company, with an incredible track record and investing in this sort of handover process. And that was great because it meant that the leadership team already had a really nicely defined set of priorities that they wanted to partner on and achieve, but needed the additional bandwidth. And for that first year, while I was learning the roles and responsibilities of the CFO, I was also an extra pair of hands. So I got to be in a process and at a company where there were things we were trying to achieve, and I was instantly brought into that that and made a part of that effort, which was great. So what are some of the longer-term goals that you've set for yourself? Well, and I always think of my process and my goals Professionally, in line with what the organization goals are. And the neat part about ICD, although we've been around for 70 years, our story is really just at the very beginning. We're proud to be, you know, as strong and vibrant today as we were in 1952 when we were founded. We're participating in leading industries that will define the next century of evolution in terms of technology and aerospace and and certainly other applications that somebody's yet to dream up. So the exciting part for me is being at a company who's well-versed in those spaces and has a unique role to play in building the industries of the future. So as those things happen and come along, I think it's for the CFO to sort of be a partner to the business and be ready to meet the inevitable finance challenges that that process will produce.
0: And speaking of being a partner to the business, how do you win the trust of others on the leadership
1: team? I think that's such a great question, you know, and I really believe that it starts during the interview process. It starts with you and the the leadership team aligning uh, about what, the firm's culture is, what the goals and objectives of the the firm are, and the leadership style and approach of the senior team that are interviewing you. And really ensuring that you give yourself a critical look to be sure that the things that they're saying are important, the way they manage their business, what they are looking for in a new individual aligns and fits with with what you bring as a skill set, as a mentality, as a cultural approach. If this is done right, I think you're bringing your own set of unique skills to the role, to the challenges that that role has to face. And I think you'd be well prepared to to really succeed because you went through the process of ensuring that you're a unique fit you should be uniquely positioned to really make an impact.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Interviewing should not be just a one-way street. It should be you asking questions as well and making sure that you're finding a good fit for yourself.
1: I totally agree, Megan, and I think as you go through your career, I remember my early interviews, you know, I was just looking for a job. I always seemed to be on the hunt for roles when, you know, market economy economic challenges were happening you know I was just happy to have the next role but as I grew through my career to date and became you know looking for more and more senior roles it really became more of a two-way street when you are looking for a truly senior role I think it it has to be for the benefit of yourself and the benefit of the organization you know a truly two-way discussion about the opportunity and giving yourself a real look in the mirror and saying, is this the right fit for me? Am I the right fit for the organization? So taking whatever time you need through that process to ensure that that's the outcome. And you can honestly answer that question. in the affirmative, I think, is so critical.
0: And just out of curiosity, like when you interview, what are you looking for in the team that you're building around you?
1: the most important thing to me is people with a similar cultural fit to what our organizational culture is so we have a very strong culture that's focused on agility and family and creating an atmosphere of teamwork and and success and so finding people who hold those goals for themselves and you know because teamwork and agility and working together are so critical to our culture. People who played you know team sports in their lives or been a part of the debate club or some other team activity, you know for junior people. and then certainly, I oftentimes ask how people interact with uh, their colleagues and what what team environments do they like, what do they not like and trying to ascertain whether they would really be a fit for our culture. After that, if it's a technical role, maybe if it's a technical accounting role, clearly there's some discussion around technical ability. But I think in today's workplace, the most important things are fit and willingness to learn. and. At least in the uh, finance and accounting discipline, many of the technical skills can be taught over a period of time or acquired. But yeah. if you're working with someone or interviewing someone who's really not excited about learning new skills or wants to you know, be an important part of a team, then you know they're just not going to be a real fit for our organization, certainly. Doesn't mean they won't fit elsewhere. It's just not what we look for.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And and yeah, I think you're right that the technical skills can be taught, but it's those softer skills that you really need need to watch out for or
1: look for. Totally. I used to think when I was young and going through accounting classes and certainly studying for my CPA, that the only thing that mattered in my professional career would be hard numbers. And the older I get, the more the soft skills really become very critical to uh, overall success in my view.
0: Studying for that CPA was was the worst, <laughs> was it not? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, I can remember those days 20 years ago. And as a CFO, so what is keeping you up at night? What are your greatest
1: concerns these days? Absolutely. It's a great question. And I try to get a normal eight hours of sleep every night. I don't always achieve that, but... I feel that if I'm rested and refreshed for the next day and to ready to meet those challenges, that's important. But, you know, certainly on the larger picture, cybersecurity and fraud. Again, I don't think this is a unique, insightful sort of comment, but I believe that those are key things. Uh, you know, with the, the, the most recent example being Colonial Pipeline being shut down for several days for a ransomware attack. Those are things that I think of, um, in terms of real challenges, real existential threats to our business, really any business out there. And the tough part is you're fighting an uphill battle against people who, you know, perhaps are more technically savvy about systems and operating procedures. So it's important to work with partners, be it internal partners or external partners who have a really good handle on that and, uh, cover your blind spots where they may exist.
0: Great advice. And so now that we're, well, I guess more than halfway into 2021, what's one goal, either personal or professional, that you're hoping to achieve by 2022?
1: It's a great question. Hoping to travel in the back half of the year internationally with things somewhat opening back up. I'm hopeful that some of the scheduled trips that we have planned for work and pleasure can happen in the back half of the year.
0: Anywhere in particular that you're looking forward to? Getting? Well, uh,
1: we have a couple of our businesses are in um, are, are international. So we have a presence in uh, Southeast Asia uh-huh. and China. So looking to go there and meet my colleagues in person for the first time, yeah. even though we've been working together for almost a uh, well, year and a half, almost two years. And same for our operation in uh, in Sheffield, United Kingdom, where our, our European businesses are headquartered. So looking forward to that. And then on the personal side, have some, some travel scheduled to uh, Amsterdam and some other parts of uh, the Netherlands. So hopefully those can all happen yep. and, and uh, we're, we're not uh, scheduled to postpone again due to uh, re-implementation of pandemic restrictions.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the travel myself again sometime soon. I feel like we're almost there. I feel like the lights at the end of the tunnel. So it sure seems lost. like that. You
1: you read the news story every day about uh, you know different places opening up. So I'm I'm hopeful.
0: Me too. And Zach, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Well, thank you, Megan, for having me. This has been wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's been a great discussion. I've really appreciated you sharing your experience and lessons with me and my audience. And to all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode as well. Please tune in next week. And until then, take care of yourselves.
1: If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personev. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades. Partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personev can do for you by visiting personev.com.
0: You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personev. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes.